Welcome to the Podcrastinators, bringing you a mixture of comedy, social and political commentary from New Zealand and around the globe. In other words, the show that's meant to make sense of everything, but quite often doesn't. Hello, I'm Darren Lees, a globally experienced businessman, politically to the right, stand-up comedian, comedy writer, and of course, podcast presenter. And I'm Matt Danaher. I'm an amateur writer, traveller, podcaster, and Instagram influencer, and professional union organiser and socialist who likes to be optimistic about a future. So welcome to episode 16 of The Podcrastinators. With the upcoming election, we are continuing our theme of interviewing political parties that could influence the upcoming election. And tonight is no different. And we are delighted to be joined by Dominic and Noel from the Tea Party. Good evening, both. Yeah, good day. Thanks um, for having us on. Yeah, thanks. Good evening. This is Noel. Yeah. Hi, both. So, um, oh, it was me, wasn't it? God, yeah. it's been a long, it's been a long day. I'll be editing this bit out. I can guarantee. You're called a tea party, and I know that when friends of mine have seen your hoardings up around town, their first thought has been, "Oh, tea party. Is that anything to do with the tea party in the U.S.? Why are you called a tea party? What does it stand for?" Yeah, I mean, um, the Tea Party is actually an acronym for the Taxpayers Entrepreneurs Alliance. And um, it hasn't really got any influence from the American Tea Party, like, you know, the Palin one, you know, after Bush, you know, and all that sort of stuff. We've actually got our own um, sort of inspiration from uh, sort of import and exports because tea is actually a, a drink that's consumed internationally, you know, from Asia to yeah. South America. It's, it's consumed internationally, and I think a lot of migrants, you know, that's one thing that they have in common with Kiwi culture, that, you know, that we all love tea, you know? As a proud Englishman, I would have to agree. Yes, yeah, absolutely. When I first saw your hoardings, the name did make me want to go straight to your website and have a little look about you and find out a bit more about you. And one of the first things I noticed was your slogan, and bearing in mind I am a social democrat, the first kind of thing that took my don't stop shaking your head because uh, Darren, you're fiscally conservative. So this slogan sounds like it works for both of us, right? What does socially democratic and fiscally conservative actually mean? For the socially democratic, what we mean is we are a party that are inclusive. As you can see, like the candidates and all the members like from our parties or from like different places around the world, and we are a diversified um, party. And for the officially conservative, it's because we, we want to spend the money conservatively. So we want to spend them wisely because we know we are managing the taxpayers' money and we have to just put them in the right place, use them for, you know, for a better future, not just, you know, in some place like, for example, keep giving out, um, you know, give, keep giving out money rather than, you know, um, spend on the right place like infrastructure or education, for example, mm. even for the COVID, like, you know, we have to, you know, spend them wisely. Otherwise, you know, just, it's just, yeah. you know, we have to find somewhere to, to get the money in. Yeah, I think it's also, you know, sort of we, we really want to cut back on those vanity projects like that light rail to the airport, you know, um, you know, sort of short term thinking over promising. You know, I don't think uh, we sort of agree with that sort of stuff. You know, we really we think it, we, we our party thinks in, in the long term, you know, rather than the short term. So we really believe that your taxpayer dollars should be spent efficiently. I have to say, I do think I do thank New Zealand First for preventing light rail. Um, I've never seen a tram project that was delivered under budget and on time. So, and that's basically what light rail is. People forget it's trams, and you know, trams are wonderful, right? You travel through Central Europe, you travel on those old trams; they're amazing. But you try and build one in your own city, no, big mistake, big mistake. It's a shame that you weren't uh, more influential a couple of months ago when you could have stopped Matt's party from spending twelve million on a green school in Taranaki. <laughs> of course, of course, we are struggling. Our economics, you know, going down, and we spend money. You know, how about our public, um, you know, public schools? You know, our our hospital, like those lots of things we need to, you know, invest rather than you know for private schools. So I I agree with you. Mm. Thank you. And look, um, thanks for a bit of a heads up on the party, but what we'd really be keen to sort of get the listeners to uh, understand is a bit about yourself, because what's interesting, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, 
Dominic, you're standing in Auckland Central. And Noel, I think you're standing in Epsom. Yeah. These are probably two of the most high-profile um, sort of uh, patches. I've gone blank on what the word is, but constituencies. Um, yes. tell, tell us a little bit about them, each of you, about because obviously I think you've got Paul Goldsmith and David Seymour and Chloe Swarbrick, Helen White and uh, Emma Mello. You guys are uh, you guys are out there punching hard, right? Because those are both really high, high profile. So tell us about yourselves. Uh, you know how you got into politics and all of that sort of stuff. And tell us about what you think, how you think the election is going to go for each of you. Yeah, I mean, look. Um... I, I sort of was nominated for the role to get into central Auckland and I sort of thought, well, what have I gotten myself into? But, you know, I, I actually really appreciate the opportunity to stand for a party and for my values that I believe in. And um, being central Auckland, you know, it's always been traditionally, in a traditional sense, it's been the hub of commerce, the hub of um, where migrants come into the country. And, you know, I, I really feel, you know, it's a seat that really needs a dynamic um, MP, you know, that can sort of represent a whole multitude of um, cultures. Where do you sort of place yourself? Have you, have, you, have you actually, you know, I assume you've been out and you've been doing some campaigning and stuff. What sort of reception have you been getting? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, we, we, I, last weekend I went to Ponsonby Road. I've also walked down K Road as well with my campaign team. And, you know, we've received a really good reception. You know, a lot of people are fed up with the current, you know, two-party system, the current, you know, red or blue options. And a lot of migrants, especially the small business owners, they're fed up. You know, they, they really want a second option. And, um, yeah, a lot of them really don't want to go to any other party. So they thought, oh, I'm not going to vote at all. But then they found out about the Tea Party and they go, well, yeah. this is the party for me. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's our choice. Yeah, yeah, it's their choice. You know? Yeah. For me, um, you know, I've been um, in New Zealand since... 2003 when I was in high school so I came here by myself as an international student I've been through a lot like you know I went to Auckland University and I got a job in like a large company and worked there for 10 years then I developed um, a childcare brand like like my own childcare center so why why is Epsom is a good place for me because I understand that we've got David Seymour and you know Paul Goldsmith but I I think you know let's look at the community over 35% there are Asian. And Epsom is the uh, most uh, educated electorate. And my background is education. And I've been through all the education system in New Zealand high school, you know, university and audit. And I know people there really need someone that actually really focusing on the electorate, not someone, you know, is actually being hands-on of everything of a party, you know, like it can be the, you know, talk about the financial, worry about the finance of the country and then look after the party and then everything else. So one man has got so many things on his shoulder. We really need someone focused on this because in this electorate, there's like lots of highly educated people. They can actually help us, you know, to create a better economic environment. They are mostly business owners and things like that. And to me, like I, I have my own business and I know, you know, how important that they can actually have someone that they can actually approach to and speak to. You know, I, I build very good relationship with like, like New Zealander and also like Indian, you know, Chinese. And I think with me, I speak three language. I speak English, Cantonese and Mandarin. So I think it's a, good opportunity for those business owner and like taxpayer in Epson Electric can have someone that actually listen to them and help them. So I think that's why I, I chose um, Epson and I think um, Tea Party is, is a new, it's a new party. We all know that, but I think we are, our diversified background and our inclusive values is actually plays a big role in New Zealand because it's the New Zealand of today. And what I want is like, I hope the whole country now recognize, okay, they respect more voices in the parliament. It's like, it's a different party. And, yeah. and, and like, I, I actually feel, you know, how I go into it, that's just, I want to be more helping the community. Doesn't matter where, where you are from China or New Zealand or India or, you know, any other country. That's why I chose to be in the politics, just trying to help more people. And, and 
actually when I go to do the door knockings and we visit a lot of small business, mm. they gave me a lot of, you know, support because it just make my day. I feel like, oh, I, I haven't had someone like in this electric knock at my door for a long time. We, we listen to the people, you know, are talking on the TV all the time. But, you know, when I have something, you know, want to talk to them, it's really hard for me to find someone can understand me and listen to me. So I think like, regardless of what's going to come out in this, um, in this election, I would love to continue to do this job and um, contest in this electric because I think I, it just make my day that I can actually go and help more people. Tea Party is obviously very new. How did you both get involved? Did you have connections with other people in the party? Is that how you kind of got involved? Yeah, I mean, I sort of um, knew the party leaders through the previous mayoral elections and I sort of fell into the party and, you know, they said, oh, look, we're starting a party and, you know, these sort of values aligned with my own, you know, socially de democratic, fiscally conservative. <laughs> and um, I, I really thought that that's the party for me, Tea Party. Yeah, so for me, um, I, I had... Um one degree, actually double degree. So one is a postgraduate in translation from the University of Auckland. And I also have a BCom um, degree from Auckland University. So um, John is actually, um, he also graduated the same for the postgraduate in translation study. So he came to um, our university to give us a lecture. That's how is that John, is that John your party leader? John yeah. Hong, not yeah. John Polino. Not John Polino. John, <laughs> no, no. Um, John Hong, yeah. John Hong, John our Hong party Hong. leader. Yeah. And I knew him um, from 2011 and we just sort of keep connection. And then I had this mind thinking, oh, what can I do to help more people like uh, in a wider range? Then I kind of uh, contact him. And then it was March 2020 where he are starting gathering people like, you know, to um, form the party. And he think my profile is actually very like, suitable and in and the value he explained to me what he is trying to achieve in long run and um, that's why i think okay yeah that's the way to go and that's why i i joined probably skipping ahead but it's probably a good time to probably ask the question i guess matt is um obviously as a new party every you know the the place you want to get to is that magical five percent right what do you think success looks like for the tea party in this very first election and are you in it for the long run given how hard it is to keep going under those circumstances? Yeah, I look, I, I have to say New Zealand Tea Party is definitely in it for the long run. You know, um, we've, we've only just started this year and I think, you know, COVID-19 has been a bit of a hiccup in, in, in all of it. But I really feel like we stand a great chance, especially um, this election and the next four elections. I think um, there's an appetite for a party that represents migrants. I mean, it's, it's a game changer internationally because in a real sense, there hasn't been a proper realistic um, migrants party in the Western world before. And I, I really feel that it's going to change the game. I, I work in my day job. I work with a lot of migrant workers, many of whom have been, uh, many of whom are on work visas, so they're not necessarily voters yet, but they do have a long-term commitment to wanting to stay in New Zealand. Um, one of the biggest issues they face is exploitation by employers often from similar migrant backgrounds themselves, who see them as vulnerable workers that they can exploit. And um, you would have seen some of the cases against bottle store owners that have been in stuff and so on over the last few months. And uh, these are the people that I'm talking about. Would the Tea Party see itself as aiming itself at the business owners? I don't mean the unethical business owners, but I mean business owners generally. Or would you have something to offer those migrant workers as well? Yeah, so I think for us, we, we are Taxpayer Entrepreneurs Alliance. So we are not here just for the business owner. We, we are just for the genuine, you know, migrants. And, you know, for, for you, the visa, working visa worker, we, of course, we have the employment law and all sorts of things we look after. We want, to, we want to have the platform that is fair. Like, you know, for example, if we have a, a minimum wage and if we have, you know, the... Um, you know whatever benefit we need to offer for full-time employer that they need to apply for any small business so if for example just like me like i i own a daycare center i employ you know uh nearly 10 staff like they are teachers cooks and like we go through all the process just just regardless they are in work visa or you know they are a permanent resident or citizen we just have to treat them fairly so we we actually are fair in this uh, in this position 
Mm, okay. Thanks. We're against the exploitation as well. You know, I think um, uh, it's it's not right. And mm. for us, and we, we meet migrants who have suffered, and from these sort of exploitation, it's something that we do take a strong stand against. Yeah, and you yeah. also mentioned about you know this working visa. We mm. have been knowing a lot of people like you know i know they are not eligible to vote but you know they've been to new zealand four years five years and some of them study one degree two degree because the immigration policy keep changing it was a shortage <laughs> yeah. four years ago after the election now become in shortage so they need to learn study another degree paying international student fee to try to get that hopefully they can catch before the next election so I, we, we want to support these people because they work full time, they pay international student fee, which is, I'm not sure if you're aware, over 30,000 a year. They, yeah. are, if they actually want to stay in New Zealand to contribute to the country. They want to pay the tax. They want to work hard as a professional. But we are trying to, you know, push them away, which is, you know, we need these people to make the country better. And they are all uh, professional and qualified people. Yeah. So we definitely want to help these people to be able to stay in New Zealand. Yeah, come on, Labour Party, sort it out and work out how we get international <laughs> oh students back in the country. Come yeah. on, not good enough. Hey, I'm no, uh, I'm no, I'm no, I'm no opponent of international students. They are net contributors to this country, no question. Hey, so coming back to your policy, then immigration policy has some clauses in it for family reunion. Are they actually achievable when people can't even afford to save for a house deposit? Yeah, look, I, uh, I saw it and I saw that there was, um, there was some concessions in there for people to be reunited and there was a bond of around $10,000. Is that correct? Is it, that's around that number, isn't it? And then it's paid back after five years or something? I think Did I read the policy correct? $10,000. Yeah. I think it's um, fifty dollars to $100,000. Like, like, like a reasonable amount. So, 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 what you are talking here, like, uh, is this are this um actually achievable when people can't even afford to save a house deposit? Because, as once again, like same to what I talked earlier, we want people that actually come here are professional, qualified people, so they are actually good citizen to contribute to the country. So we we are not. It's not like for everybody that that actually cannot afford a house deposit. So it, they there is a certain bar in the salary income that they can sponsor a family reunion and also a bond and also we consider about our health system we don't want to put burden on our current health system so we actually have um, a health insurance policy actually you need to have at least 10 to 15 years health insurance to combination with your application so when i'm not sure it's the um, parents or partner when they come to new zealand if there's anything that they need to go through the system, the health insurance will look after it rather than to put it on our um, the health, like general health system. Yeah, sorry, I um, I just reread the policy. You're right, it is 100000 as a bond. And um, I just wondered, does that favour just rich migrants? Because, of course, there's a lot of people that would love to bring family to New Zealand and 100000 you know, when we hear about people not even being able to save for a deposit of a house, it's a very large sum of money, right? I, I totally get why you would suggest it because it, uh, it, it, you know, it's a, a huge commitment for someone to make. But, it, but you know, it's not for everybody, is it? Uh, that's why we, I think it was re with the amount of the bond we were actually discussing in the in our focus, we were thinking probably about 50,200. It's not a final number because we want to say like, it's more like acceptable for, for them, for example, for the next five years because we, we had a little bit technical issue with our website because we, we had been attacked by once. So we're trying to restore everything. So we're trying to update it on time. But however, this is what we can discuss. But we definitely, to, we look at it two ways. Like we probably will lower about 100,000, but we still want quality and professional people to come to New Zealand by this reunion policy. And this is for people joining people that are here. It's not for new people that are applying as yeah. professional migrants. Yeah, is it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for clarifying that. On the health policy, um, you support medicinal cannabis, but not legalization of recreational use. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean, look, 
I think that's our position. You know, a lot of migrants tend to be sort of um, against sort of recreational use of cannabis and other drugs. You know, these sort of social issues are quite important to, to them. Um, but by and large, you know, I think most people recognise in the year 2020 that um, yeah, medical use of cannabis is widespread and very common. We do support the use of um, CBD products and, you know, further research in these areas. I, personally, and this is my personal opinion, I, I just don't think that the sort of the tax revenue that you can get from marijuana is is actually worth the, the long-term social and even um, the healthcare economic costs to that, really. And so, um, yeah, I, I tend to be um, against the recreational use of cannabis, and um, so is the party. Oh, you've just lost half our listeners. <laughs> certainly <laughs> from the stand-up, <laughs> certainly from the stand... Do you listen to this podcast, Darren? I didn't realise. <laughs> um, certainly from the stand-up comedy community. That's it. They've all gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, you're saying, you're saying that's a personal view, though, um, um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure we have other policy that can, can track back the comments. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm very, I'm very interested in because uh, I've, I'm currently debating this uh, with people, and I haven't decided where I make my, I haven't decided what side of the fence I'm on yet. But end of life reform, does the party have a view on that, or is it just down to personal views? Yeah, I think it's more down to personal views. Yeah. It's each to their own. It's yeah. a conscience conscious vote you know yeah yeah and i think you know it's such a hot topic it's between life and death and um uh you yeah. know some people might have religious views about it so we, we just thought it was more appropriate that yeah. it's each to their own really yeah it's more yeah. fair that people have their own because it's it's different value and you know it's like as you say it's life and death we need to probably put it back down back to personal choice mm. on that do you think it should even be a referendum discussion point or do you think it's that sensitive I can answer that. Um, I, 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 I believe, um, uh, I almost uh, take the point that I don't believe it should have been, the referendum should have been put at the same time as the election. You know, I really would like the country to be, able to, to be able to take a sort of a sensible approach, just focus on this referendum because it's such a loaded topic, you know. So I feel like um, the whole, you know, the politics has come into it and um, it's sort of um, ruined the whole discussion about it. Mm. That's my personal opinion, though. Okay, did you want to ask the next question, Darren, around extra money for hospitals? Yeah, absolutely. So um, in reading through the policy again, obviously um, some really cool stuff in there around, you know, obviously higher pay for medical staff. I think that is the world over, right, that people who work in medical professions are vastly underpaid. And obviously a lot of money invested in hospitals uh, where you can argue whichever political party hasn't probably invested enough. But I kind of want probably overarching for the whole sort of uh, the website. And I don't know if this relates to the hack or not, but I, I did see a lot of policies where you've got some, you know, some clear views on where you're going to spend money, but I couldn't really relate to where it was coming from. So I was just interested if you've got some policies around, obviously we're interested in your medical um, policy on hospitals and higher pay, but also where, where do you plan on revenue gaining to pay for some of the policies yeah so um we're talking about the health system so we what we were looking at so it's two way one is we need to first of all consolidate the cost um so just just for example there are 23 dhb like given we only have 5 million new zealander in the country and just just give you an example like i know like dhb is much bigger than my daycare center they have like a general manager, probably a accounts accounts payable, accounts receivable, a procurement manager, or I don't know, a you know, a QA or something like that. And and twenty three, we is easily be able to consolidate to twelve. Just just imagine the amount of money we can save in this. And regardless of that, it's also government system. So we go go through the government system, see how much money we can. We can actually save there and also better project management. How long does it take for the roads and roadworks, you know, to take forever? What, what can we do there? Like we, so many times we drive past probably at the end of probably during nighttime, during construction, we see two guys there doing traffic management and probably only need two guys. We see four guys, six guys, you know, and the other one just hanging around. Like a lot of things we can actually consolidate in terms of costing. And 
the other thing is, you know, we want to bring fresh water into New Zealand rather than um, tax people because, like, you know, we are the per person who work here. We don't want to be keep taxing in New Zealand. So we want to have, for example, we want to bring um, manufacturer and supply chain in New Zealand. And, you know, we can source the product from the islands and then they can be packaged in New Zealand and then we can export to other countries that will not only create investment and job opportunity for us so we are not so our approach is not trying to get the income from taxing we don't want any new tax but we want to bring up the economic and also uh, consolidate the cost to have all this money to you know um for all these people like the um police and the house worker things like that firemen as well yeah you know? firemen, <laughs> all yes. the emergency services yes yeah. yes uh, do you have a particular policy on tax? Because obviously Labor have got a policy on tax, Top have got a policy on tax, National have got a policy on tax. Have you guys got a policy on, you know, taxation in particular? Um, I think because everyone is trying to use this tax topic, you know, trying to get more votes. For, but to us, what we stand for is we don't have, want to have more new taxes, that, that's all we want. And obviously we think, you know, um, for GST, we can see what we can work on to reduce it or in particular um, area, like for example, the net, like the food and grocery, we can work on that. But we, we think there's enough topic about there, um, you know, talk about tax. So we want to have some different policy, which is more strategic. Yeah. Just to be clear what you're talking about and um, if you listen to the last episode, you'll know that the idea of cutting GST on foodstuffs, especially sort of fresh fruit and vegetables and things like that, is very close to my heart. Um, but basically, you're saying essentially your policy around tax would be status quo for now. Uh, but look at how you can make money by saving money, essentially, and repurposing money that's currently spent towards what you see as priorities. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think, um, you know, we do support, you know, looking into things like tax rebates and stuff, especially for the middle to lower income uh, workers in New Zealand. Um, but yeah, we really feel like, you know, we're against things like CGT and um, other things because, you know, New Kiwis are already burdened enough, especially during this economic recession that we're suffering from. Yeah, so we are not only looking at only saving, but we're trying to bring the money out from, like, from out, other to New Zealand rather than use this like just to increase the tax to bring the income mm. to support the frontline worker. So that's not our strategy. We want to bring money in rather than tax our citizens. So we want to promote economic development to generate more revenue. Yes. Me and you, Matt, are both really passionate about tax on fruit and vegetable. But if anyone meets us, they'd think that we'd never looked at a piece of fruit in our life. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Speak yourself. I am a figure of figure of good health. You obviously got no mirrors in your house, then, no? <laughs> Broke. That is so many years bad luck. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> Taxation's always fun, especially on a comedy uh, podcast. But um, moving on a little bit. <laughs> moving on a little bit. Um, coming back to really, you your status as a new party, I guess. So we've already talked a little bit about how hard it is for new parties to, to make a dent. Uh, now, are you, st are you standing a list as well as an electorate? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're all standing on lists. I mean, I myself am number six, and we've got up to 12 candidates yeah. altogether. Yeah, I'm number five. And how many electorate candidates have you got? Nine. You've already mentioned you're kind of in this for the long haul. Um, so do you have sort of a, a medium to long-term plan for getting into Parliament? Yeah, to me, I think the first year, the first election will be the hardest because, you know, everyone kind of sort of, oh, what's looking at, you know, see how you're going, it's going to be sustainable and re you, are you really doing what you want to do, want to achieve? And I think it will get easier and easier. So as, as we said, we're going to be the long haul. We want to continue to, you know, help the community, even we don't get in this time. We will make sure like our campaign marketing, helping the um, community will continue happening in the following years. And then we, we already have our headquarter, which is in Ellesley. And I think, yeah, it will actually, um, we can hold a lot of events and function in there. So to get people continue to know about us. Where's your headquarters on in Ellesley right now? 
Yeah. Cool. So away. Um, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. We're right on a great self road. Um, just right. in the air. <laughs> oh really? the window. Next to each other, maybe. You should definitely come visit us then. Yeah, definitely. I might might just do that. Okay. No, that's cool. So you're in it for the long haul. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing you're kind of of the view that yes, you want to get the five percent or win an electorate this time. But if you don't, you're going to stick at it. You're not just going to do what so many other small parties do and kind of fade away. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, we, we, we're really in it for the long haul. And I think, you know, we're not going to be a repeat of any other sort of party that's sort of been in for one election and disappeared after that. Because, I mean, what was the point in all that hard work? You know, we've invested, you know, I've invested a year of my life into this and I'm not about to give up now. It's always good to hear about people who stay in power, definitely. You called for the election to be cancelled. Did you have any kind of proposals around how long it should be for and what that would achieve? And how did you kind of see that playing out? Yeah, just a quick correction. It was actually, we just wanted to, to delay it, actually, because... Um, yeah, sorry, case, of course. Um, looking, you, weren't call, you weren't calling for a d- dictatorship by Jacinda. No, 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 um, definitely not. That was not, me. But, um, that was we me. got one of those, thanks. <laughs> what uh, some other parties were suggesting. Um, yeah, we're a bit more sensible. We, we thought, yeah. you know, COVID-19 was getting a bit out of hand again. Um, obviously, a week later, it was just in announced it was going to happen. But um, we thought it would be safer just to postpone it, at least yeah. to October. Yeah, yeah really, which yeah. it has, which yeah. is good. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so that's your first achievement as a party. Yeah, yeah. Well I mean, if you look, we were, we were in early in on that, to be honest, um, on that topic. Yeah. yeah, we are the first one that make the announcement we want to want it to be postponed. And are you happy with the length of time it was postponed for? Do you think now is the right time for the election? Mm, I think, I think, yeah, we, we were initially thinking November will be the better idea because, you know, we just had lockdown how many weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago. Like you yeah. know, and then people kind of like start getting three weeks to 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 get get back to you know thinking which party we should vote, and then advanced voting starts. So I think November probably like sort of early mid November will be more sensible from our point of view. But then I think at least it's delayed rather than keeping the the, the same time. Then it's already good enough. Oh, I totally yeah. agree. I I just never saw the original date was ever workable. Mm. You know, it was. Uh, it just gave no other party any opportunity to uh, to canvas or get out there. And uh, I know, Matt, that you quite like the fact that no one else had any chance to go out there and yeah. canvas. Give us a break. Running your dictatorship <laughs> and stuff like that, but that's all good. One in, one interesting question. I, 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 we Obviously, we've put the questions out first and we asked about natural coalition partners. And, and I love the fact that, obviously, anybody's got to be open and... Um, to work with anyone, but given that you don't want any new taxes, you don't like $12 million to schools, you don't want capital gains tax, and we don't want a dictatorship, that kind of rules Labour out, surely? <laughs> oh, I, I like your question, but you know the thing is, like, if, if we work together, like, you know, like we get enough vote, for example, you know, you see the current poll, there's 14% of people don't know who to vote. Given if we get that 14%, we have a very good say of what policy we want to put down on the, or put our foot down and make sure they are actually going to in place before we're going to join your coalition government. So that's what I mean. Like we can work with anybody because we, we are confident that, you know, we are actually from different background area and we are, we have the specialist that we can work in different. And, but however, that's why we are the centrist party. So regardless of who we're going to, Form the party, uh, form the coalition government with. We want to stand for our policy. That's where we we standing. And look, you know, joking aside, and I, and I do joke about it, but it's true. Uh, everybody goes, oh, you know, the minor parties get no say. But I think we can see from this coalition, you know, they have been actually quite influential in in a um, in a coalition government. Mm. Yeah. Well, to be fair, even with um, ACT in the national led coalition in the last government with one seat and one junior ministerial position, they still managed to get some stuff across. Yeah. Well, even you Unfortunately. Look at minor parties like United Future or even the Maldi Party, they were able to pass, you know, bills and um, influence policy for their constituents, and which is something that we would hope to, yeah. you know, work along. But um, 
outlasts their track record as well. <laughs> it lasts yeah. longer. <laughs> a lot longer. Yeah. yeah. No, totally. What would your red lines be, though, if you're going to agree to a, agree to a coalition? I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, that's to be d- discussed at the after the election sort of thing. I think when it comes to negotiations, you know, whether we're approaching National Labour or the Greens pulling 30 seats or something like that, you never know what happens on election day, right? And, you know, it will be depending on who our coalition partner is, of course. But at the end of the day, we, we, we will stand for our policies and our values and, um, after all, our constituents who voted for us, you know, we want to represent them. And so that's our red line. You know, if, if, if a party's not going to allow us to, um, uh, to represent our constituents, then that's an ideal. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's interesting. The Greens have been very vocal about wealth tax. That's their absolute red line. I, I think that's a very brave call because I think that's probably unpopular with both parties. So... It's a big call to make, I think. I suspect there'll be that will no longer be a red line after the election. Yeah. It'd be hard not to be a red line when they get three point seven percent, hopefully. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But um I, I, I just want to circle back to a question, sorry, that I that I thought of earlier. When you're when you're out and, and you're talking to the community and you're talking about obviously being a migrant party and from all of that, do you get any kickback around that or do you find people are supportive of that? Because it is an unusual thing, as you say, that there's no other party that stands for it. And, you know, we've, we've seen the way the world has gone. It can be, it's very divided. And, you know, you say, hey, I'm, I'm representing migrants and people go, you know, there, there can be the xenophobia, stroke racism at worst. Have you had any kickback about being a migrant party or have you found people have embraced it on the main? Just to be frank, I haven't been attacked or, you know, um, by anybody when yeah. I introduced that we are the migrant party. Like people, like we actually, one day in three kings, you know, we were trying to, you know, um, help our Amaro skill um, candidate, Michelle, to, to campaign. And we actually have, you know, um, a lot of European New Zealand that is, oh, okay, we actually respect you to exist. We actually think we need the voice like that to be in the parliament so that we can... It's not like we are not against anybody. It's just the new ideas, fresh ideas and different strategy to work together. So I think, yeah, I think so far well, I haven't got any attack and I think most people support us. I think that's, that's the truth. Look, and I think when you look at New Zealanders, and I mean this with the greatest of respect, not many people are from New Zealand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, or they've yeah. got a migrant background or something like that. So it, it's, an, it's an interesting stance to take. And I was just interested in, I was just interested, sorry, in whether you'd actually got real positive feedback on, you know, standing for something like that. Yeah, yeah, because I think, like, that's why I like to stay in New Zealand. New Zealanders are very nice and they're actually humble. Just imagine, like, you know, you go out there, you have your sushi for your lunch, Chinese takeaway Friday night, right? And then you, yeah, imagine that this... You've been stalking me. (laughs) 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 And, and, And then, you know, like... Bubble tea, you know, it was it was shopped there. I don't know how many years ago, six years ago, but maybe no one buying. But now, you know, every shop has bubble tea, every um, shopping mall. So that's how like New Zealand is actually they are very open minded. You know, they actually can accept new ideas and they love different things. Just imagine one day there's going to be no sushi, no takeaways and, you know, no bubble tea in, in the country. Everyone will be like, "Oh my gosh, what's gonna happen?" You know, I think it's. Yeah. I think that's why we, we think we, we we get those supports. I think that's 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 the way to go. That's a very good point, actually. I talk to a lot of Kiwis, and obviously I'm a migrant as well. I talk to a lot of Kiwis who talk about the bad old days when all they could get was fish and chips and <laughs> lunch, and uh, how much they prefer it now. And the other thing is, I think if a if a migrant party can work anywhere, it does feel like New Zealand's the place. Is it something like 43% of us are born overseas? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a ridiculously um, high number. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I might not look like a migrant myself, but I'm the son and grandson of migrants. And, you know, it's not that long ago that our ancestors came over in the old ships to New Zealand. And, you know, yeah, I think, you know, New Zealand is a country of migrants. It's a diverse country. Yeah. And New Zealanders are open-minded to new ideas. Over one million of the population are migrants in New Zealand. Yeah. Right. Yeah, sounds about right. Well, a million migrants. Imagine if a million migrants voted for the Tea Party. 
Mm-hmm. So I have to include you guys, wouldn't it? <laughs> You're one oh, exception. No, no, no. No, Matt's, too, Matt's too busy crying about bubble tea and it's not English breakfast. <laughs> That's right, actually. I agree, I agree with sushi and Chinese takeaway, but um, I'll, I'll draw the line at bubble tea. We've, we've got time in our office, don't worry. <laughs> you can't take away my English breakfast tea. <laughs> Domino, so, great man. We were just talking about canvassing and being out on the streets. Have you got any really funny stories or unusual stories of something that you've come up against or seen whilst you've been out canvassing? Yeah, actually. I mean, it's been a lot of fun out campaigning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, she already knows what I'm going to say. But, you know, it's actually funny because... Um, this week I've been out campaigning and about four days in a row now, people have said, oh, my God, you look exactly like David Seymour. You know, <laughs> <laughs> are you guys related? You know, and I'm going, oh, my God, you know, I'm not sure how to take that as a blessing or a curse or anything, but, you know, he's, he's successful. So hopefully it's, you know, it's a good thing. It's good for me. So if, yeah. I, if I beat him, <laughs> that means I beat David Seymour. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Maybe you should stand outside the ballot at pubs in Epsom on the day and convince yeah. everybody that... He may got confused. Yeah, vote, vote for Tea Party. Vote for me, David Seymour, at the Tea yeah, Party. Yeah. <laughs> tea Party, yeah. <laughs> Two ticks purple. Yeah. Yeah. Noel, have you seen anything out and about while you've been uh, on the campaign trail? Yeah, so for me, it's like I, I just feel like so funny because people start recognizing me in the supermarkets and you know on the streets you know it's not only asian people it's also you know um because you know my parents and you know the parents from our um daycare center and also all this they say oh we actually see on the sign and then and well done and good luck on you and things like that i found oh my gosh I, I was used to you know maybe put in my um, pj sometimes you know just casual in the store <laughs> <laughs> but, but nowadays I can't, you know, I have to, you know, just like, you know, more formal when I go and do my shopping. Yeah. <laughs> I have to agree with that myself. You know, I'm, I'm, getting, people, I'm getting people um, recognizing me at the gym. And then um, the other day, my personal trainer said to me and said, hey, um, hey, Dominic, are you running for public office? Because <laughs> I think I saw your face on Key Street. And I go, yeah, 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 I am. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a pretty cool feeling? this kind of different yeah. I would say it's a different yeah I mean it's a yeah. bit daunting to be recognized like that yeah. but I think you know it, it, definitely it's, it's something completely unique that I've ever had experienced before so you know, yeah it's all right so next election Noel we can look forward to your billboard with you in some pajamas so you can go, <laughs> you go to probably the supermarket get, yeah <laughs> probably I will get maybe another 30 percent vote if I yes <laughs> <laughs> Put on um, a, a purple onesie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> a up. Yeah. When you're out there, um, when you're out there on the streets campaigning, do you have big teams around you, or is it just your families? Oh no, we actually are you know, such a good team. You know, we we kind of like campaign together. So when we go out, for example, in Epsom or Auckland Central, we have people like we have our community from. India, our president, Filipino, like me and Dominic, you know, we are such a good team presentation. Funny that in one of the events that um, the art gallery events, um, I think in last weekend we went, it's a Chinese function. And we also have like um, national and labor, the Asian candidate coming. So like for um, labor, only one, only one people attend, one candidate. And for nationals, about three. And then we, nine people, we just oh, go wow. there. Yeah, such yeah. a good, so we are such a united um, team, and which we feel so happy about it because it's like, it's not, it's important about politics, but we also feel, you know, um, you know, how do I put it? Like, you know, we carry each other. We actually use the time to campaign for our electorate mm-hmm. rather than we're all thinking about ourselves. So I think it's such a great feeling. You do seem like a fairly close-knit party. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. Excellent. That's what I'd like to hear. I haven't got any other questions. Have you, Darren? No, the only other question I was going to ask, is there anything that you guys want to say that we haven't covered cool. um, or anything you want to uh, talk about the party um, that we haven't covered so far? I'm fine, really. Um, what about you, Noel? I, 
I think I know it's a, like um kind of like comedy podcast, but I do feel that you know I think um you know recently you know we see all these polls and happening you know the stuff Dakota and oh, yeah. and all these other you know um area they have they just don't have our party on on the list. So I just worry. I worry about it. is that really a political game or something? You know, because what we we have actually got nine candidates in in different uh, nine electorates. Like you know, why why are we not on the list? So I just wonder that because I feel you know to be able to give people the fair information like what you guys did so we so you know appreciate it because people actually have the channel to hear about us and get to know about us. Most of the people now they only hear the five different parties and all on the TV, radios, and, you know, how, how can people actually get the information of all the other parties, small parties, and they can make their choice, you know. I think that's what I want to raise because, like, New Zealand Tea Party is really out there. We're trying to use our experience from different backgrounds as an inclusive party to make New Zealand a better future. And we hope, like, you know, in next election or something, like, actually the all the publication or the media can actually review these systems not only focus on all those major party out there like i think small party like us or other new parties our voice needs to be out there too to be just to be fair yeah and i think that's a, an issue that a lot of other minor parties have as well you know to be told oh sorry we only accept parliamentary parties in mm. this debate or to be said or you know on national television you know like the tvnz um voting compass you know yeah. they exclude all the other minor parties and you know they might just include you know the top four top five and i personally think that's ridiculous ridiculous because you know where's the real democracy in that yeah you know? it's not real democracy to us Voters of major parties, when we set out to do this, um, we both agreed that the mainstream media is, I, I don't think the mainstream media personally is helpful for politics full stop. Um, mm -hmm. I think they've been hopeless at their job this year. Definitely been very biased, whichever one you read. And the representation of the smaller parties who, let's face it, when we look at what the Greens and ACT have done, the uh, yeah. not ACT, sorry, um, New Zealand First have done, when they do actually get into government, they can make a substantial difference. And, you know, there's a lot of people at the moment, and, and this is not a shot map, but, it, you know, people are going, oh, we don't want a green Labour government. Well, okay, well, what government can I have? Well, if you're not covering half of the parties that even are out there that yeah. stand for something, you know, and people like yourselves that are working hard, trying to get your party known, trying to get all of your policies out in the domain, well, people are on it. You're right. People are going, oh, well, I don't want Labour Green. Do I want Act National? And then you go, well, hang on. There's, there's, there's us stood out here that have got all these policies and, you know, our nine candidates that we can offer something and, and you're not being heard. And that's why when me and Matt set out to do this, we, we didn't really want to go and approach National and Labour. They get enough airtime, right? And whilst we are voters of those two parties, um, it's also interesting for us of what sort of coalition partners could end up with the parties that we support. Yeah, no, I, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, a lot of New Zealanders are fed up with the current two-party system, you know, like we've had National Labour for over 60 years and, you know, um, I won't say little to show for it, but, you know, <laughs> but, you know, there needs to be more um, exposure to the minor parties because, you know, uh, I think every party has at least one good policy, and I don't think it is fair or democratic that parties are left out of the media or out of the debates. You know, one of the one of the things that me and Darren do disagree on, actually, and I'm interested in your views on it, is um, the threshold. So my personal view is that I would remove the electorate requirements or, or um, reduce it, but remove remove or reduce drastically reduce the five percent threshold, and maybe you know some people have talked about four percent as being one that's been recommended over the years. But in my view, if you win enough votes, if you win 1% of the votes, why not have a seat? Yeah, I mean, you could get as, um, you could shrink the, the, the quota to be as low as, say, Israel. I, I think they had it quite low over there, you know, lower than 1% even. Mm. And, you know, you could get a whole multitude of pies into parliament. And, you know, I tend to, this is my personal opinion, by the way, but I, I tend to agree with um, the previous Electoral Commission's um, recommendation. You know, I think, you know, that's a good place for us to work on and say, well, see how that works. And then if that is, doesn't quite sound. Yeah, or three or four, you know, and then go for, um, and if that doesn't work or we need to tweak it more, then, yeah, 
all power to the New Zealand people. I think um, we should look into, you know, electoral reform. I don't think it should be something that is swept underneath the carpet. Mm, I agree with that. Yeah, I think if you got... 1% 1% and, if, and 20 parties got seats. I mean, look, it's great for diversity. And mm. I guess this is where I mean you disagree, Matt. But how on earth do you have a government like that? Mm. Mm. You know, <laughs> that, that would just be that. I mean, it'd probably be fun to watch, <laughs> you know, but, um, but, the, but there would be a concern that you would never get anything done. I mean, joking aside, um, you know, the current coalition have struggled to get things done because they have been so opposite on certain things like capital gains tax. If you had a party of six coalition partners, how would you get anything done? You know, so I think I certainly am in favour of, of sort of some change to it. But I think if it went too far the other way, it could actually be more harmful than good. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to decrease so low that, you know, every man and his dog can start a party and get in. Mm. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, um, you want it to be at a level where it can sort of open up the, the political game to smart minor parties because I think at 5%, you know, it's still, a lot of Kiwis are still forced to think in the old sort of first-past-the-post system and think, well, hey, you know, voting for a minor party, it's a wasted vote, which is something which is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think, yeah, yeah. slightly reduced will be good. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Noel and uh, Dom, thanks so much for um, coming on. Really yeah. appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting yeah, us. Thank you for inviting us. We so appreciate. I look best of luck to both of you in your uh, in your electorates. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, can we just plug in our social media details? Oh yes, please do. Sorry, totally. we don't do that. Yeah. We'll share it. Share the links in the show notes as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, follow us on Instagram NZT Party and on Facebook, which is also the NZT Party. Yes. And yes. Twitter, NZT Party. <laughs> so maybe we'll yeah. just use this um, uh, platform to just let everyone know we have actually have candidates in Takanini, which is our le- leader, John Hong. Our co-leader, Susanna Kuga, she's uh, contesting in uh, East Coast Bay. And we have um, Dom, Central Auckland, me, Noel in Epsom. And we have Vishal, um, Vishal Choksi. He's uh, contesting in um, Marosco. Um, we have uh, Wella Bernardo. She's contesting in Manu River. Yep. And we have Winston Tan. He's uh, Malaysian, so he's contesting in Upper Harbour. And um, Smita Patel, and she's standing for Newland. Yes. Yeah. Right. Know, guys, I'm super impressed by that because I watched another minor party on TV on a video, Facebook Live, and they couldn't, they quite obviously forgot who all their candidates were. And I was just like, that's just not a cool look. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're like, yeah, we've got, um, we've got, um, yeah, we've got someone in Invercargill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why we need a leader. You're the leader. You're meant to know this stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, and we've also got a candidate in Chiara too. And his name's Frank Amoa. <laughs> so you, Sorry, you, guys, you guys are just showing off now aren't you you guys are just showing off that <laughs> means we are telling the truth whatever we say yeah. we'll make it happen exactly excellent do you know what guys it's been an absolute pleasure we've really loved having you on the show and um, we'll be watching how you guys go and how the party goes and uh, look forward to keeping in touch with you 